Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. We are having a fun time. It's November 2021. And look, this is going to be a fun month. I'm excited that you are back listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And I'm thankful that you are listening. As you may know, every month we're inviting a young woman with real faith questions to join me as a co-host. And together, we're inviting guests on during the month to share their stories and also maybe even tackle some of my co-hosts' hardest questions. So um, let's see. Last month was Latasha, and we had a really great time. For my regular listener, this is the part of the program where I tell you why I hope you support what we're doing here. Patreon membership starts at just $5 a month, and that includes a one-time pack of stickers and a monthly bonus episode that I record at the end of each month with just my co-host. They're my favorite episodes. That episode is a casual wrap-up discussion where we talk about what impact, if any, this podcast co-hosting journey had. So for the cost of about one Hallmark card, you can support this program and help keep it on the air. In exchange, we provide that bonus content, and they, there are other options over there available as well, including sponsorship. If you are a small business owner, Um, I would highly encourage you, if you love this podcast, to look at Patreon and see if perhaps um, advertising here on the podcast would be something you're interested in. You can just go to my website, findingsomethingreal.com, and click on support at the top of the page. And I also, friend, wanted to take a moment and introduce a special podcast sponsor. Laurel Denise creates meaningful, handmade jewelry meant to encourage, inspire, and remind people of what they cherish most in life. The business is a small crew of women in Charlottesville, Virginia, just building on the dream that God gave the founder, Laurel, 15 years ago to create encouraging jewelry with her handwriting. They've become a gift company that answers the call for much more than a bracelet. Their mission is to be their real selves on the internet and provide meaningful gifts at a price people can afford. And as I've shared before on a personal note, I'm so excited to share about Laurel's company because she's creating something that I personally love. I've ordered some of her bracelets for gifts this past year. In fact, last year, around this time of the year, I ordered bracelets and I'll probably be ordering some more. Her handmade leather bracelets are elegant and just beautiful reminders of what I value. In fact, um, I had one that I would wear almost all the time until I finally gave it away. So um, if you want to know more about Laurel Denise and her company, go ahead and check out her creations at laureldenise.com. 
So friend, today on the podcast, I'm honored to introduce this month's special co-host. I have known this girl just on the peripheral level um, (laughs) since she was about fourth grade. In fourth grade. I think she was the same age as my daughter is now, which is crazy. When I met her, um, her mother had um, entered a contest, a a photography contest, and I was... I was doing photography, trying to stay home with my kids, and and at the time, just one kid. And it was so interesting because I got to know this family uh, doing this shoot for them, and just beautiful, beautiful, uh, sweet family. And then over the course of the next 11, 12, 11 years, uh, I got to be their photographer for every high school senior photo shoot, and it was wonderful. And I met this girl that way, and then I got to do her photographs for her senior um, shoot. And then just recently, I was photographing her younger brother, and we've been kind of friends on social media for the last few years since I photographed her for her senior pictures. And it was so fun because I just looked at her and said, Savannah, I want you on my podcast. And she said, I would love to be. And here she is. So welcome to the podcast, Savannah. Hello, thank you. <laughs> You're so funny. You've been laughing at me the whole time, but you've been like holding it in. I don't know. I know. How did like, you do I that? Know. I was like, I don't want to like, breathe into the mic. <laughs> oh, I was like well, silently so... laughing. Oh, I'm glad I set you at ease. Uh, I told Savannah <laughs> she's the perfect co-host to end 2021 with because next month we're going to have some special... Um, episodes with different co-hosts that have been on before, or maybe somebody new, but just a little different format because we're into the holidays um, and it's the end of the year. But um, Savannah is somebody that I feel very comfortable around. And I actually, uh, some of the things that we've talked about previously, because we we had a great conversation before she came on the podcast um, a couple weeks ago. Um, really remind me of some of the things that I was dealing with when I was younger. So I'm very excited about this, Savannah. Would you tell whoever's listening a little bit about who you are? Well, I am 21, about to be 22. Um, I grew up a Christian my whole life. And as I got older, I realized there was kind of a turning point where I kind of had to decide on my own, my faith in God and my walk with God. And I thought that that happened when I was around 13, which it did to an extent. But um, I would say, actually, oddly enough, it happened this year when I went through a very difficult time. And I felt God's presence like I never had before, especially through all the craziness of school and work and everything and trying to become a nurse. And he really met me at a very low point. And after that, I ended up getting baptized and it's been a journey ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's back up a little bit. Um, so you're, you're going to school to be a nurse. Is that right? Yes. Wow. And you have a very serious boyfriend. Is that oh, right? yes. Yes. We're about to hit five years, five years of dating. And then, like you said, you grew up in a Christian home. Um, Tell me about that experience when you were 13. Oh, when I was 13, I went through a similar situation like I did now. But it, um, it was around the time when 
I started having pretty bad anxiety and there wasn't anything that really triggered it, but it just kind of started. And at that point, the fear set in of the, you know, eternal question, is God really real? Mm-hmm. And once that question kind of planted in my mind, it kind of was a downward spiral after that. Mm-hmm. And when I didn't feel his presence, you know, I just personally felt very alone. And I told myself I never want to feel that way again. And I remember every single day for six months, I would call my grandma and I would tell her every single worry I had. And she's also was such a strong Christian too. And was, she still is, but she passed away. Mm. (laughs) Um, But she was my best friend. Mm. And I remember I'd call her every single day and she would answer every single morning. And I'd tell her all of my worries and I tell her all of my worries about God. And she was there every single step of the way. And that's the point when I really realized that I had to believe on my own that God was real. You know, you grow up and you learn things all your life and your parents teach you so much. And, but my parents told me, you know, you hit a point in your life where you decide the path you want to walk. And at that point was when I really decided this was the path I want to walk in my life. And as I got older, you know, it, I continued it, but it wasn't. Let's pause right there real quick. Yeah. Um, at the age of 13, 12, 13, talking to your grandma every day. Yeah. Um, did you, even though she was a strong Christian, did you ever feel ashamed to take all your doubts about God to her? What was it like taking your uh, questions and doubts to your grandma? It was probably one of the most reassuring things I ever did. Um. She never, it was so weird. She never looked at me like I was crazy for saying those things. You know, they say how older people are so wise and she was one of the most wise people I'd ever met. And she did every single crazy worry I would tell her. She wouldn't look at me like I was crazy. Mm. It was like she already knew, like she'd gone through similar situations before and stuff like that. And there's just a constant worry about battle about everything, but she, it was just reassurance and she would, there was no doubt that God was always, you know, the answer mm-hmm. at the end of the day, God was always like the root of everything and the, always the answer to everything. And she would just tell me scripture. She would pray over me and that one worry would go away for the day. And then the next day when other worries would pop up, each one went away. The more I talked to her and the more conversations we had, especially God being the center of it. Mm-hmm. It was like day by day, I just needed that guidance. And I talked to my parents too, you know, cause I'm very close with my parents, but I had a very special relationship with my grandma. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I never, ever forgot what she did for me. <laughs> when did she pass away? She passed away back in 2018. Um, a couple years ago and yeah, it was 2017 or 2018 and yeah, that was, that was a difficult day after that. I mean, people say it gets easier. I don't think it gets easier. I think it just gets more tolerable. Um, but there's still always going to be that, like that little hole 
you know, where she was. And I never understood that until I had someone pass away in my life, that little, that little void that'll never get filled. Mm-hmm. But I still think about her every single day, especially going through a similar situation recently, that that was the hardest part, I think, was not having her there this time. Mm. So after that, that season of worries and doubts and just being reassured by your grandmother and then deciding, yeah, I'm sticking with God. You know, I, I believe, um, tell me about the time between, uh, 13 to recently. What was that like? That it was good. I would say I was walking with the Lord. Things were fine. And for a while it went really well. And then probably about a year or so ago, things started falling apart again, I would say. And it was weird because I wasn't running from God in a way that I was mad at him, but I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I thought I could do it all, man. I've always had that mindset of I love being not overly controlling, but I like having control and over things. And when I don't, you know, it's like a spiral and... So I, I was I was controlling my own life. You know, I was like, I got this. I'm on top of the world. Nothing can stop me. And then I hit that reality check because it was always like I would do, you know, what a Christian's supposed to do. I would read my Bible. I would go to church and stuff. But that relationship with God wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. It wasn't there. And that's why I hadn't gotten baptized yet, because I knew that if I did that, I wanted it to be real. Like I really wanted it just personally. I wanted it to be a very real moment and I wasn't there yet. And then up until recently, <laughs> it's funny. Cause like I said, I've been a Christian my whole life, but I feel like this year um, I'm discovering my faith again. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm starting over. It's like, I'm a new, a new Christian and a new woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so interesting learning new things that I hadn't learned before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you had shared with me when we talked before a little bit, um, some of the details of, of what happened this past time. Are you comfortable sharing that here? Right oh now? yeah, totally. Yeah. So what exactly happened? Um, I, back in June, there was a lot happening. I, um, was working a job, full-time job, and that was going really well, but it got really crazy busy and I, like we all do, you know, I just let basic things slip through the cracks of like actually taking really good care of myself and because it was just work, work, work. And so I wasn't, you know, drinking enough water and things like that and physical needs because, you know, you need physical like sleep and everything right. like that. I was going to bed super late. As we were I just talking about. <laughs> literally just talking about. <laughs> not makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah, it makes a huge difference. And I was not sleeping. Still working on that, but it's a little bit better. <laughs> but I was not sleeping. I was on tons of caffeine. I wasn't drinking a ton of water. I was juggling life in my own hands like I just was holding everything and once I left my job well actually a little bit before I left my job we had something pretty scary happen my dad ended up getting really sick and he almost passed away which that was a wake-up call and then I think during that time that was when the fear set in 
because at that point I was again was kind of running from God I got this I got this I got this instead of turning to him I ran from him and that was when that fear set in and it's kind of indescribable but it's pretty scary and it was kind of a downward spiral after that one night I was sitting in my car and I just thought you know about because when I was 13 I had pretty bad anxiety it was it's it passed but it was always something that kind of scared me because I never really faced it I just kind of pushed it to to the side I never really prayed about it or worked on it and so it always scared me and I just felt it coming back again because of everything just everything came crashing down during that time you know and I was trying to look for a new job and it was also wild so life kind of came crashing down and that was when the fear set in again that night because I realized that my life was falling apart and it was a battle after that because you think oh it can't get any lower than this oh it can't get any lower than this and then it does and I just remember how bad the anxiety was how all it takes is sometimes people say all it takes is one thought for you to just spiral especially if if the devil's behind that one thought that's all it takes. And then you just, it spirals out of control and everything was spiraling out of control. And so I hit my lowest point and, you know, I continued to do everything I could do, get a new job and stuff like that. But I just really wasn't myself. And my dad, you know, he was trying to heal and recover. So that was really hard, especially on him more than anyone, but it was so hard on my mom and me and my brothers and everything. And so your mom knew what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, she was the first person I told. And as soon as I told her, there was no judgment. There was no, cause you know, sometimes you're like, Oh, if, if they don't understand, they're like, Oh, it's fine. You'll be fine. Just get over it. No, mm-hmm. it was literally like, I've been through something similar before. And she would just sit there for hours with me and talk about it. And hours and hours she knew everything and she knew something I was really struggling with was not having my grandma here this time but something good comes out of every situation and I think that part of God's plan in this time in my life was that as amazing as it is to have that kind of help for once in my life I had to hit this head on like on my own because I always ran to other people for reassurance. My boyfriend, everyone, I would run to like everyone for reassurance on everything instead of just for once in my life hitting this head on because I was scared. And I said, okay, you know, it, it's it's game time. And my mom helped me so much through it. And that was that was the turning point where I really found God in a lot of different ways <laughs> that I didn't think possible. <laughs> it was... It was crazy, though. Yeah. Tell me, because, I mean, I know anxiety is a huge issue, especially for young women. Um, I mean, it was my issue. (laughs) I just got done speaking at a conference or at a retreat where I I shared that. And a young woman, a precious young woman came up to me and she started talking to me. And she's like, can you tell me about those Bible verses that you listed off that were your favorites? And they were all about fear. And they were Isaiah 26, 3, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and um, 
Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And so I wrote them out on a piece of paper for her, and I just looked at her, and I said, is that your struggle too, you know, a question like that? And she's like, yeah. And I, I think that it's so common and it's so often hidden because we, in our culture, we talk a lot about depression. Uh, we talk a lot about the effects of, you know, feeling low all the time. But I don't think we talk as much about feeling like, you know, that fear um, that yeah. can, can grip us. And so, Savannah, would you share um, about the surrender um, and, and what happened um, when there was a turning point for you? Yes. So I remember one day, it was right before counseling, and I went upstairs and I was just talking to my dad. My dad has a very, he's such a strong relationship with God. He just has a presence about him. Like when you're in the room with him, it just, it's calm you feel God through him and so I was just talking to him about everything you know and I, I'll never forget when I told him I said yeah I'm kind of going through it right now and he, he looks at me he goes I know and I said how do you know and he goes I know I talked to God about it and it was crazy that he said that it was so crazy but the way he nodded was just reassuring like I know I was like yeah it's pretty intense spiritual warfare and stuff he goes yeah he goes don't worry it'll pass. Like he'll, he'll get through it. And that reassurance, that right there, it was like, almost like God was speaking through him <laughs> to me. And I needed that. And I went downstairs and I was sitting in my car, getting ready to go to counseling. And I just remember sitting there and it's funny because people say they have like war rooms or sanctuaries or prayer rooms and things like that, you know? And so many people have described how cool they are. You know, they have like crosses and things set up. And it's, and it's just like, I thought, you know, oh, that's what mine will be like. No, um, sanctuary can really be anywhere where you meet God. And amen. I, it was literally 2 p.m. I was in a skirt and a Rolling Stones tee and... For some reason, I got out of my car and I dropped to my knees in my garage floor and I threw my hands up and I said, I can't do it. You know, I can't do this alone. Like I can't, I, I'm not in control anymore. I tried to be, but I just threw my hands up and surrendered, which is the one thing God wanted me to do because I would not, I refused to do it because I was like, I can handle it. I can do it. And I threw my hands up and the feeling I felt in that moment, it, everything changed after that. Hmm. everything changed what did you feel in that moment of finally letting go that it's so hard to explain and people have talked about it but until you really feel it it's so hard to explain and now I understand this sense of just peace peace that surpasses understanding and like I knew everything was going to be okay I didn't know how I didn't know when but I knew it was going to be okay, but I knew it was going to be a battle. Sometimes God heals things immediately for certain people and others. It's a journey. And I knew, <laughs> I knew mine was going to be a journey and it was, but it's this kind of peace I can't even explain. And I was like, whoa, like I really, really felt God. Like he met me at my lowest point when I didn't even deserve it. I've just been pushing him away. Why did I deserve that? But he met me there and that 
that calm washed over me and it was like I could breathe again. I had this kind of this weight lifted off my chest like I could breathe again. And after that, you know, I said, I, I can do this. And I asked my dad, I said, how do we keep doing it? You know, how do we stay strong? Like, how do you keep, how do you just not give up? And he said, well, it's not you that doesn't give up. God gives you that strength not to give up. He puts that strength in you because we're human. Mm-hmm. But to keep going and persevering and pushing through, God puts that in you. And that changed my mind, my whole mindset after that. Because I didn't have to rely on my own strength. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, was really was the, the turning point that I knew that it was going to be a battle. There was going to be ups and downs. But it was about time I, you know cleaned out my closet <laughs> throw all the junk out get it all out air it out and and restart my life again because it was so needed <laughs> yeah yeah and and then what did you find when you did surrender was it I mean did he help you through the process because you said it was going to be a journey for you has it been has it oh, been a yeah. journey oh it's definitely been a journey and I always tell people if someone ever asked me how I got through my anxiety or how I've been pushing through and really working through and stuff. Cause it just, it just, sometimes it just pops out of nowhere. <laughs> There's no reason for it. You know, I never dealt with it before like a clinical thing. So it was just so random, but I always tell them I, I didn't get through it. It was not me. <laughs> mm-hmm. It wasn't me because when you're at a low point and you're just sobbing and crying uncontrollably and all over your mess, I didn't pull myself out of that mm-hmm. because yeah, I'm strong, but I'm not that strong. And ever since then, instead of turning to everything else I would turn to, I would turn to God and it's different for everyone. Obviously some people need medication. Some people need doctors and things like that. Like, and that's totally okay. Just for me personally, I needed to turn to God because I was turning to everything else besides God. And So in every situation, I remember I'd wake up in the morning and I would be super anxious. And one of my closest friends who went through something similar, she told me, when you wake up in the morning, I want you to turn on this song and it's called uh, Letting the Light In. And so it's beautiful. And so I played that, but I remember I would wake up and I'd be so anxious and nervous because I was like, what, you know, once it's in your head, it's it's like a constant reoccurring thought. And then as soon as I would open my Bible, I swear it was like, it felt like heaven. It was just light and warmth and peace. And, and in those moments when I was so anxious and I thought how terrible this is, looking back now a couple months later, I look back on those and those were some of the best times in my life mm-hmm. because God was there. Yeah. I find peace in those moments instead of being afraid of them. Mm-hmm. And it's, He's been there every single step of the way, even when, even when I, you know, I thought he wouldn't be, he's, he's been there and it's been quite the journey, but I am so blessed that I went through it. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, recently somebody shared something on social media, actually somebody who listens to this podcast, so maybe she'll, she'll catch the reference here. But she shared a beautiful quote, and it was by um, a woman ministry leader. And she was saying something about, you can't repent your, your way out of brokenness. 
um, you need to be tucked in by the loving arms of Jesus. And it, it was much deeper than that and more eloquent, but it was a beautiful, I mean, true. Um, but I shared that when I was talking to um, the women at the retreat that I was speaking at um, when this airs, it will be over a month ago. And the reason I shared it is because it's true. God does meet us in our brokenness. Like he just covers us in his warmth and his love, right? But if you look in scripture, um, especially like I, I pu- pulled uh, the scriptures out about the man who was paralyzed, who was brought on a mat to Jesus and his friends lowered him down a rooftop. You know, they open up the rooftop, yes. they lower the, their friend down. And it says in scripture that Jesus saw the faith of the friends and they, then he healed the man. It's just a beautiful, beautiful story of people going to desperate measures to reach Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and if you ever watched the Chosen series, there's this beautiful scene. Yeah, <laughs> Savannah and I like oh, it. I love it. <laughs> We're both, we both like that show. Um, yes. But there's this beautiful scene of that, about this desperation of people to get to the feet of Jesus. But what's interesting about that story, and I haven't looked, but I think Jesus did this on more than one occasion. Um, Jesus didn't say, Uh, let let me heal you immediately. He actually said, um, son or friend, your sins are forgiven. Because when we come to Jesus, we actually need both. We need our sins forgiven and we need healing for our brokenness. And we're human beings. A lot of times we don't know what our issue is. We just have issues. And either way, the remedy is exactly the same. It's true that counseling and you know psychotherapy and meds and all the things can help anybody, but ultimately the human heart was made for the love of God. And ultimately when we come to him, we find healing and forgiveness when we just turn to him. And that's what we all need. Um, so anyway, that was an aside, but what you said just I made me think that. about that because yes. it's so true because so often we're like, oh, you need this or this. It, we don't know what we need. If you look in the oh, book of Job, Job's friends were lost. They didn't know. Job never knew why what happened happened to him. What did he know? He knew that God responded to Job in his agony and said, let me remind you of who I am. And that's what every single one of us need in our moments of deepest, darkest times is we need to be reminded of who the God of the universe is. So then we can see ourselves for who we actually are. Yeah. Um, anyway, I get all I preachy. love that. I so love that, especially the yes talking about Job. I so resonated with that because it was like, ah, and one of our uh, like um, one of me and my dad's favorite songs. He listened to this a lot when he was sick, and some of the lyrics it says, "Make way through the water, walk me through the fire, do what you are famous for." Mm-hmm. Well, and, and what song it, is that? Um, it's called Famous For, actually. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, that. really cool song. And he listened to that a lot when he was sick and stuff. And it talks about, you know, God, do what you're famous for. And it's by Torn Wells and Jen Johnson. And it's like a mashup kind of song. But I just love those lyrics because, like you were saying, it's not as much about just healing immediately. If mm-hmm. And some people they go through something and God does heal them immediately, but others it's like, it's a journey. It's a process. And those words walk me through the fire. Mm-hmm. They're so powerful because 
you're telling God, you know, I'm gonna, I'm still going to walk through this fire, but you're going to be right next to me. Mm-hmm. You're going to you're going to make a way for me to get through this. And, you know, it's game on yeah. like it, it's it's game on. And I know that me going through this, so many other people have gone through different things, but I, I know me going through this, that I'm going to be able to help other people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to hold someone else's hand and just be like, you know what? I know you're at your lowest point, but trust me, I've been there and you're going to be okay. Because mm-hmm. I had that. I had the most supportive family and friends in the entire world and to help me through that. And especially God, you know, and it's hard because can't always hear God's voice audibly. But mm-hmm. but uh, even in the amidst the chaos in your mind and all the craziness going on when, you know, there was a quote that said, don't be so caught up in the loudness of your mind that you that you miss the quiet voice of God speaking to you through that mm-hmm. and walking you through that journey. You just yeah. got to like sometimes just quiet your mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> just hard to do. Hard Amen. to do. <laughs> so uh, Savannah, you shared that it was kind of like a new beginning for you, like almost like coming to Christ for the first time, really. I mean, in so many ways, even though you'd been a Christian and, and heard about Jesus, had been following Jesus, but now you were having this intimate relationship with him and seeing um, the fruit of that. So tell me what that's been like and now what fills your heart versus the anxiety. What has been the change? Ooh. When it first happened, <laughs> once I first, you know, once you first have a taste of that, it's like, whoa, I never want to go back. I never want to turn back. So from then on, I was like, okay, we're walking this path. We're walking this journey. I ended up getting baptized. And I mean, ever since then, it's been, I don't know, maybe it sounds funny to say, but I have a new best friend. He really feels like my best friend. And I will just sit there and talk to him. Just sit there and talk. Just talk. It's not even like a proper prayer. I'll just sit there and talk to him and stuff like that. And since then, instead, even during moments when I have like, when you have anxiety or you have a panic attack or something, you know, I used to do other things to get through it, distract myself, do this, watch a movie, do that. But now ever so often I always still sometimes I go back to that garage and I get on my knees because that's where I first met him and that calms me every single time and so instead of that anxiety being there it's still there I still struggle with it sometimes but um God's bigger than my anxiety one of my favorite things I'm probably going to get tattooed on me I've, I've heard it in so many different places and that's when I knew it resonated with me And it was, I have called you by name, you are mine. Mm -hmm. I am yours and you are mine. Like in The Chosen, that part where he grabs Mary's head and he says, I am, like, I've called you by name, you are mine. Yes. That, that just spoke volumes to me. And God has used it in so many little ways in my life to speak to me. Be like, hi, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. I know, I, I know you feel alone, but I'm here. And he's used that. And so that's always been something I've always said. And after having that relationship with him now, whenever the doubt or the worries fill my mind and it's just like, ah, and I get so stressed out or about anything, I just speak those words out loud because especially after getting baptized, it's like, no, he really is mine and I am his. And so I speak that out loud. I am yours and you are mine. 
and obviously not everything goes away but the calm the peace that comes over me is indescribable Hmm. and so now it's like the anxiety is there you know the devil's still there but god's already won the battle's already won and that changed my whole my whole mindset on it. it gave me a new sense of of peace knowing that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. What a great testimony. Um, Thank you. Okay. So I, I love that you have questions, even, even in all that, because let's be honest, friend. Um, we all have questions. Yes. We all have questions. <laughs> and I love that as we continue to grow in our faith and, in our walk with the Lord, um, you know, one of the illustrations that I gave this past weekend um, was like standing out on a dock. There was this actual dock at the retreat center that we were at. Oh, wow. And you step out just a little bit because there's these huge waves that come and you want to see, is this really secure? Is this dock really going to hold me? And then you realize it is pretty secure. So you keep stepping out a little bit further and further out until you're super far away from land and a big wave came and it knocked you over or the dock got all unsteady, right? That's how it is with the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. You step out, wow, Jesus is real. He's like holding me here. I'm going to step out a little bit further. Oh, I can trust him with this too. I'm going to give him this too and this too. And pretty soon you're way out there and you go, man, how did I end up here? One step at a time, trusting the Lord to be the firm foundation that he says he will be, you know? Mm, And uh, anyway, so Savannah, tell me about some of your questions. I have them listed here too. I could just list them off and that might be the better way. Yeah, sure. Let's do Um, it. I'm like, Oh, do I remember? (laughs) They were good ones, but (laughs) they are good. good. (laughs) So one of the questions that you um, said is what is the best way for a Christian to bring others to Christ? Tell me about Mm. that question. So as I started walking with the Lord more, I was like, okay, how do I do this without being pushy and like too pushy? And how do I know? I remember talking to my mom about this. I was like, how do I know what to say? Like, how do I know how to approach them, um, not offend them? But at the same time, I still want to spread God's light to other people because of what it's done in my life and what I've seen it do in so many other people's lives. And I was talking to my dad about that too, because after what he's been through, I mean, it's, it's a miracle, you know, he's seen God really work in his life. And so I'm like, how do I say this to people, especially close friends or friends even who used to walk with the Lord and they don't anymore. And they're interested in doing that again. And that's why I was curious about that because I guess that's part of the faith journey as you continue on is, that's something I still struggle with is knowing the right way to do it. Cause some people are so good with words and so good with doing that. And they always say, you know, God's behind it. God's behind me. And I'm doing this. You know, he gives you the guidance to know what to say, but you learn that along the way, you know, hearing God and things like that. And I've just always struggled with knowing exactly how to tell people, I guess. <laughs> Well, I'm excited. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about that question because um, I've looked at some research related to young people sharing faith, and that's actually a real struggle for a lot of young people um, to share their faith. It's 
even if they're passionate about the Lord. It's like, oh, I don't want to offend anyone with talking yeah. too much about this. So um, I think it's a very, very um, timely question uh, for our culture right now. And I know of a couple people that I think would be fantastic to come on and talk about that. So I'm going to reach out to them. Um, okay. Yay. So then... I loved this next question. You said, what, or, or I'm sorry, you said, as the Bible wording changes over time for better understanding, uh, for example, ESV, King James Version, NIV, etc., is it ever a concern that the words could be taken out of context by accident or tweaked a bit too much in the future as it progresses? And if not, how do we continue to make it better understood but still grounded on the original facts and truth? Such a great question. Thank you. Such a great question. Um, one that we should all be, uh, diligently, um, at least have in the back of our mind, is this accurate, you know? And I think, I don't want to share all my personal opinions on this episode, so I won't, we'll just move on. <laughs> <laughs> I've already shared way more than I normally do at this, this stage. I love it though. I love uh, it. It's yeah. good to hear it. All right. Next question. How should Christians go about including psychology and science into account when dealing with the mind and world without putting a limit on God or overdoing it? Tell me about that question. Oh, yes. Um, because obviously it's an interesting, interesting topic. And especially learning a lot dealing with nursing, I've realized too, dealing with science and stuff like that and facts, it is so important. Mm-hmm. but especially when dealing with the mind or dealing with mental illness, um, scientific facts, dealing with the body. It's so important because literally there are, there can be chemical imbalances and things like that in the brain and in the body. And, you know, I mean, for example, I have Hashimoto's, so I take medicine for it every day. Obviously like God is King of Kings, you know, but he, for, for whatever reason, he didn't heal me from that. And that's all in his timing stuff. But, you know, I can't just be like, Oh, I'm just not going to take medicine. Like you have to actually take the medicine and and do certain things. But oh, that 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 was just tugging at me. I guess is knowing when science comes into play, but not putting that limit on God. Not Mm. saying God can't work over this, and because He is. I mean, He created all of us, so it's like He's the overall big picture. (laughs) Did I tell you that I had Hashimoto's the last time we talked? You did not. Okay. Like oh my slow. goodness no for real and i take medication every day for that too and i struggled with anxiety when i was around your age too um, wow and what i've learned in the last you know 15 years of knowing that i had thyroid problems or even 12 years i don't even think i knew um is that so much can be uh taken care of by sleep and exercise and nutrition <laughs> in terms of the way that our anxiety happens. Yes. Um, and that what is often diagnosed as this is a chemical imbalance and now you need to take this anti-anxiety thing for the rest of your mm-hmm. life, which is true for some people. But for right. me, having Hashimoto's, it was actually my thyroid. Um, wow. So. Oh, that gives me hope. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Yes, wow. that is hope. Trust that me. is so good. To know. Yeah. Okay. I could definitely work on all those things. Then. I could get more sleep. I could, I know I'm sitting over here, you know, part of it, like I said, was I was drinking so many energy drinks and that's yes. where the scientific part comes into play of like, if you actually got sleep and stuff, it would help. After we're done recording here, 
Uh, I'll talk to you about what I know about Hashimoto's. This is Please? a faith-based podcast, so I don't want to like, you know, hijack hijack this conversation. But no, it's I just us ta- talking about Hashimoto's. I could hours. teach you, uh, teach you. I could ex- like help you with what I've learned. That's Please. helped me. It would be a it, it would change your life. Oh, um, I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. All right. Not not as much as like Jesus changing your life, but like yeah. the practical things. The practical, exactly. A, okay. Well, this may get all cut out. I don't know. Maybe I'll just keep it in here because why not? It's real. Um, <laughs> it's real. It's finding something real. A few years ago, um, I was having a really hard time. Uh, I had just had my fourth baby. I was exhausted. I could feel that my body, because it naturally, once you have one autoimmune issue, a lot of times your body will attack other areas of your body. Um, I thought I had um, MS. It was like everything was sluggish. Things weren't moving right. Um, Yeah. And I was feeling fearful because I could tell everything was off. And so I was just having a quiet time with the Lord praying, you know, it's like, God, I need help. I need like help with my physical body. I don't know what to do. Um, and there's this great, I love this passage in scripture. And I think it's second Chronicles where King Jehoshaphat inquires of the Lord before a vast army. And it's a wonderful, wonderful story. But he basically says, um, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And that was the cry of my heart, right? Um, but you know, if anyone's listening, and Savannah, you know that when you have a physical ailment, you have something that the doctors don't know exactly what to do except for to give you a pill or something. It's like, man, like, how do I actually do something about this? Like, in the here and now, what do I do so that way I can feel better? And I was sitting there praying, and I really felt like God just impressed upon my heart, like, when was the last time you felt good? And I thought about it for a second, and then I thought, the last time I really felt good was when I was at my friend's Christian uh, workout class, like a, a Christian form of yoga, where slow movement, and it's to worship music, and it's very intentional, and you're doing some strength training with your own body. And I thought, well, she's not at the gym that I used to go to. And then I thought, well, I think she's at a new gym, and I think maybe they schedule, maybe they post a schedule online. I go over to my computer, I look at the schedule, sure enough, it's there, and it just so happened that that day, at 45 minutes later, this is half an hour away, this gym, my friend was teaching a class on that yoga. She was doing her yoga wow. class, and it's a secular gym, I think it was just called yoga, but she would always play her worship music, always talk about Jesus. I got in the car with my babies, go there. They had childcare at this gym. And 45 minutes later, I'm in her workout class crying because the love of God is so personal and so real. And he answers even stuff like that. Wow. You know, that is incredible. so cool. So he's, he's in the mix. We'll have somebody else oh, come on to address is. that. But man, my mom's friend said something like that. She said, either God cares about everything or he cares about nothing. Mm-hmm. And that obviously was so important to you because mm-hmm. you know you may think like oh god has better things to do and stuff like that but no that was something you were seriously struggling with and oh. he when people say wow. stuff like that like god doesn't really care about th- i remember tim tebow years ago he got into a bunch of hot water because here he was kneeling about a football game mm. and people were posting memes of him kneeling next to like mm-hmm. a child who was dying over in africa 
and you know it was really sad and it showed you know privilege and all these different things that are hot topics especially even now the truth is in scripture jesus said come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest he didn't qualify it like only you people that are this way or only you this right he said if he said, if God cares about the birds of the air, he cares about you, the hairs on your head, right? And what I love to remind people of is that what was Jesus's first uh, miracle? Remember, it was turning the water into wine. Now, do you think that somewhere down the street, there was somebody who needed a miracle more than a party that needed more wine, Right. Right. I never even thought about it that way. (laughs) He cares about the details. He cares about the details. Wow. That is so true. And and I love that you said that too, that he invites all to come to him because Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't just hang out with everyone who has it all together. Obviously, you know, he loves him just as much, but he didn't hang out with everyone who had it all together. He hung out with the broken people Mm -hmm. who really needed him and I love that and that's how we should carry ourselves as people as a reflection of Christ (laughs) yeah and he you know I the people that think they have it all together the reason why they didn't hang out with him as much is because they didn't think they needed him I mean that's the difference right or they were so appalled by him that they wanted to catch him in all sorts of traps but the people Mm -hmm. who actually knew they they had need are the ones who came so don't ever be ashamed of your needs you know that's to whoever's listening like if you're sitting there listening to this or wherever you're at driving or, you know, laying down, I just want to encourage you. Um, I hope that this conversation with Savannah has encouraged you to know that God does care. He cares about every single little thing. And he says, come to me. That's it. That's the only thing. Um, whether you're dealing with stuff that's, you know, the consequence of choices that you've made that maybe are bad choices or poor choices or whether it's something that you are just hurting from that wasn't your fault, um, no matter what, he says, just come to me. Or even if it's a little thing where you're like, man, I don't really know if God cares about this. I bet you, I know he does. So take it to him. Um, Okay, last question. Um, Sorry, Savannah. You make it so easy to go into preachy mode. No, I love I love listening to again. I'm 22. I soak in everything that other people say who are more wise than me. I'm like, yes, yes. You told me more. <laughs> I love it. Uh, um, you said, could being known as a Christian and having a personal, deep relationship with God be considered two different steps, both in the right direction, of course, and one's faith journey? Um, interested in knowing others' opinions on this. I think we talked about this when we um, chatted last time. Yes. This was a question about making one's faith their own. Can you elaborate on that? Yes, that actually ties back into when I thought of that question, I thought of again when I was 13 mm-hmm. and then when I was like 21, because again, my whole life, I grew up in an amazing Christian household and loving family. And it was, I'm so blessed to have had that, you know, I will still do, but <laughs> I'm so blessed to have that. And but I remember that that one point where I decided to take that step to really grow my relationship with God because anyone can say they're a Christian. And it, trust me, I've been down that road where I was not 
really walking with the Lord, but I said I was a Christian. I said I was, you know, it was the label, but there was no substance behind it. It was just very surface level. Mm. And, and that was just for me personally. But I remember there was a turning point. There was like a two, like a step after that to where I dove into my relationship with the Lord and really started hearing him and learning about feeling the Holy Spirit and things like that. Um, or some people speaking in tongues, like crazy cool stuff like that. It, And again, that hasn't obviously happened to me because it was more of a, I've always loved God, but it was just, I never really dove into that relationship with him. And so I feel like there's, for me, there was a two-step process. Maybe for others, it's different. They've just been close with God their entire life. And that's awesome. But for me, it was definitely a two-step thing. So that's what I was curious on if other people think the same way about that. Mm-hmm. Or if that was just something <laughs> weird that I went through. <laughs> no, I don't think so. We'll have somebody on to share their story. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, that's somebody so cool. who grew up I'd in love a Christian to hear home. it. Okay, great. <laughs> well, I think we've got a lot of content here to work through and chat yes. with people. And I'm, I'm so excited. You're Thank such a joy. You. I just love it. Thank you. And I love that we get to talk about issues that I think other people are struggling with, which I do every month with people, but I'm just excited to, you know, dive deeper into these topics. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be great. And if one person, that's all I like, if one person, if this helps one person out there, like it'll all be worth it. That's right. Okay. (laughs) So I normally give my co-host some sort of like, hey, would you read this while we do this kind of thing? Um, But you're a very busy person. You have, you're finishing up school and different things. Yeah. I'm going to give you the names of two books that I think are amazing. If you have time, check them out. If they look good, listen to them on audio or read them if you want. But it's reading. not a homework. <laughs> it's not homework. Don't, I just want to know if you read these, like what kind of impact they might make. Um, the first one is Crazy Love by Francis Chan. Francis Chan. Sorry, I'm writing this down. I'm listening. I'm not just repeating it weirdly. <laughs> Awkward. No. I know. Everyone's like, what is she doing? <laughs> and Perfect. then um, the other one is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. You said Elimination of Hurry? Mm-hmm. The Ruthless Elimin- Elimination of Hurry. Elimination of Hurry. Perfect. Yeah. Yay. I love reading. I, I don't know. I have like a weird obsession with it, so that'll be perfect all my free time I know what I'll be doing <laughs> uh, Savannah what do you hope to get from this journey mm, I hope to I don't know it's weird to say almost because it's been said so many times but I hope to learn more about especially saying you've been through similar things I think everyone is put in your life for a reason God puts people in your life for a reason mm-hmm. and and already just about the Hashimoto's thing, just that. And so I hope to really hear other people's stories and hear their experiences and learn from them because there's so much growing I have to do, especially in my faith and stuff like that. And so talking to you and, and hearing the guest speakers and things like that, getting bigger perspective on everything's going to be awesome. And then also just knowing I'm not alone or someone else knowing they're not alone. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we get in that mindset where it's like, whatever you're going through, you think you're crazy. No one else is going through it. But God says there's nothing new under the sun. And so just knowing that I'm not alone or someone else isn't, it's, oh, that's just going to be the most rewarding feeling in the world, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. One final question. Yeah. You've listened to the Finding Something Real podcast before, I think. Um, yes. And we always have the fine. We always have the final question. It's always the same. The Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love of those four gifts that we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ. Which stands out to you the most in your life right now, and why? Mm, I think restoration. Definitely restoration. It's um, the reason that stands out to me is just starting over, having a whole new start, finding God again, and getting restored in Him. And and all of those speak out to me, but that one definitely because it's like it's so weird to say because again, you've grown up a Christian your whole life, but it's like I'm a baby taking my first steps again, and this is like such an uphill journey that I'm so excited for, but I have so much to learn. And, and obviously, you know, I have my testimony that God's still working on that I can share with others. And I do know things that I can help others learn about God, but I have so much more to learn. And my journey is still going on. My testimony is still happening. God's not done working on me or anyone for that matter. So mm-hmm. I think that really stands out to me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We're all sinners saved by grace. And yes. uh, we're all jars of clay that God is working and molding. Yes. <laughs> never exactly. ending. So, well, Savannah, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to get to know you better and to do yeah. this with you. And friend, stay tuned. We've got a lot to talk about this month. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting co-hosts to join me to share their personal stories and to ask their honest questions about the Christian faith. Each month, we hope to feature a different co-host and together invite guests on to share from their own faith journeys and experiences. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all about what's so great about Jesus, I hope you come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.